So welcome back again to the second part of Second Space 102 FM, a Common Sea Inspirations production, being produced here at our Common Sea studio here in Ada. So today we welcome on to our programme Sister Dolores Brophy, a Sister of Mercy from Mallow, who is a member of the North Cork Bethany Bereavement Support Group. So we asked Sister Dolores to, to join us and share with our listeners some thoughts and reflections around grief and loss. So you're welcome to the programme, Sister Dolores. So thank you very much, John, for inviting me to speak with you today on the topic of the grieving journey during this month of November, when we remember in a special way our loved ones who have gone before us to their eternal reward. Many of us have attended online special memorial masses and memorial services for your loved ones. So today, instead of doing that, I've decided to look at some ways that we can support each other when we are grieving. When we are bereaved by any loss, we are touched by grief. When we are by loss, we're touched so much by grief. Actually, you might be wondering how I got into this kind of work. It really was through my life experience, the experience that I had through education, through being in a teacher, and where I met, where I had a little girl in my class who died. Maybe through, through management then, after teaching, I went into the area of managing a centre. So there too, I met many people that, had, that were bereaved. Some had living losses, maybe like addictions or you know, other, other kinds of losses. Then um, I trained as a spiritual director in Manresa with the Jesuits. So there, again, in that work, I noticed that a lot of people were, that were coming to chat with me had been bereaved and had suffered from many losses. So in all walks of life, there is not one of us that have had some, that didn't have some kind of a loss or a grief in our lives, be it a, a loss uh, by death or a living loss. And so, Sister Dolores, I suppose one might ask, how do we usually navigate or make a way through any loss? Now, most of us get through with the support of our family and friends. They listen to us talking about how we feel about our loved one, while they are also grieving in a different way. The families, now that family support we call a level one bereavement support, and most of us don't need any other support. We kind of get through our grief by talking to our friends and talking to our family. But many people don't realize that there's, there is between the counseling and the family, there's another a level of support and it's a level two support it's a listening service and i'm a member of of bethany bereavement support group which is a listening service it's a service where people come and tell their story over and over again they tell us about how they feel and about how they they're they just feel that everything is just so changed and that they're they could be deep in their grief and they just want to talk about how they are. And sometimes people come before us and they don't have any word. But we sometimes just nudge, just by our presence and by creating a safe place, a person can start talking. And then there is the, after the, yeah, sometimes then when we feel that a person may need further support, we signpost them to other groups, say somebody, um, died by suicide, we'd send them to Pieta House or different, you know, different 
but depending on the loss that they had, whether it was a tragic loss through violence or whatever, would be directing them to uh, another service. But sometimes they like to stay with us because somehow they get a comfort in the listening. And that's all they want, just some person to listen to them. And that part of our service is really such um, a wonderful, it's a wonderful practice to listen to somebody, to really listen. Thanks for that, Sister Sisters Lois. Tell me, how, how can we help members of our families or, or our friends to mourn a loss when we're all grieving for the same person? Yes, um, it, that's important because people in the household have lost the same person, but it's really not the same person. Um, the relationship to the person is not the same for each one. Um, each, for example, uh, in a family, there could be two sisters who had had a different relationship with a father who died, or there are brothers there in the family, and they are also grieving. Some of them mightn't be able to even speak about the loss. Or some are, are crying, some are not able to cry, some love going to the cemetery, others don't. But I think it's so important, if we can, just to accept each member as they are, and that each one has a different way of grieving. So I think the real main thing is to listen to people how they are and don't be telling them how they should be. So I have a lovely piece on listening that I'd love to share with our listeners because to me and to all of us in the Bethany Bereavement Support Group, that that um, act of listening is such, it's such um, a gift to so many people and they tell us that too. When I ask you to listen to me and to start giving advice, you have not done what I asked. When I ask you to listen to me and you begin to tell me why I shouldn't feel the way you the way that way, you are trampling on my feelings. When I ask you to listen to me and you feel you have to do something to solve my problem, you have failed me, strange as it may seem. Listen. All I asked was that you listen, not talk or do, just hear me. Perhaps that's why prayer works sometimes for some people, because God is mute and he doesn't give advice or try to fix things. He just listens and lets the work, lets you work it out for yourself. So please listen and just hear me. And if you want to talk, wait a minute for your turn and I listen to you. End of quote. So uh, there are important things then to t to hold in mind when we're listening, and to and to as I said that each person grieves in a different way. But also, there is no wrong or right way to grieve. So what we could do is let the person tell his or her story and refrain refrain from intruding, interrupting avoid problem solving or trying to give advice and respect the uniqueness of the other person's story. You have a different story about your dad or whoever has died than your brother. Use attentive listening skills. That's where you could echo back some words and feelings. And then acknowledge that sharing is an act of trust and express in those who who share their story to express gratitude. In, in families, we all grieve in different ways for a loved one. 
because we all had a different relationship with the dead person. Our emotions are sharpened and we can be overcome by sadness and loss. Maybe some family members can talk about their emotions while others can't. Some seem to be coping better than others with their loss. Just be respectfully aware of that. And I suppose the next thing maybe one might think about is what emotions may arise when grieving? Yeah, that's an important question, John. In the past, more so than nowadays, we talked about the different stages of grief based on the work of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. She wrote about the stages of dying in her book, Death and Dying. And she noted similar stages too when she, when she was looking at grieving. And the five stages are Denial, shock and disbelief, anger that someone we love is no longer there, bargaining, all, all the what-ifs and regrets, that's a, they're a, that's a big part of it. Depression, a sadness and the loss, and then finally acceptance of the loss. So uh, sometimes there is, there is such a thing as what we call continuing bonds. And when we lose a loved one, we like to, to keep connection with them. We may find ourselves going to the graveyard to visit the deceased grave, and it can be good to go with other members of your family, if, provided they, they too, it's helpful to them. You might like to return to places that were loved by your loved one. You might like to go on holidays with, to the very same places that they, they walked on. And visiting the grave can be helpful, our own helpful for some members in processing the acceptance of the reality of the loss. And that's one of the first things we have to, to really accept that a person has died and is no longer with us. Thanks, Sister Dolores. And um, just think of someone else. You've been involved with the Bethany Bereavement Support Service for some time. Can you tell me more about your service? Thanks, John. You are involved. Um, Bethany Bereavement Support is a national service for bereaved adults and it's a national. There are about 76 bereavement groups throughout Ireland and also some in Northern Ireland. Now, service offers a safe, free, supportive place or a space to journey through your grief at a level two listening bereavement service. And at the moment, this, this is being done by telephone and maybe I'll just give out the telephone now. And it's 086 391 8751. 086-391-8751. And we've also, also got a website, and it's www.bethany.ie. Now, if you go to the Mallow face, Facebook page, you could you, you can get those details, so if you can't remember them. Now, um, we're working on Zoom calls for those uh, who met, so who wish for that method of engagement with, with the service. And it's important to say here that you will not be given a volunteer known to you so that you will be completely at ease to share. And also with, our, with the present COVID-19 situation, you could also access from the website any group in the country. In some groups, it may have Zoom too. So you could actually... Um, look up the website to find it. Now, as a member of the Cork Bethany Bereavement Support Group, and with I, there are nine other volunteers with me, and I just want to greet them and thank them for their just brilliant service to, to 
bereaved people in the area. Now, and I just want to say to my to our listeners that as a Bethany, as persons, as bereaved persons ourselves, we're all bereaved. We all had to work. All the Bethany members worked through through the, our, our pain, the pain and loss of our grief. So we know what it means to be to have lost a loved one, or to have maybe to have a living loss too. Some of us have to live with those living losses. Uh, but we can be seldom prepared for loss when it really comes. Can usually comes as a shock. And also in life, we small every every day we have small little losses that have accumulated and um, maybe we don't get a chance to deal with them but sometimes they trigger an old grief maybe an unresolved loss that has been passed down from generations we're going to take a little break now and hope that you will find some comfort and support by listening to Monica Brown's singing Healing is your touch So thanks again for, for that piece of music uh, that you shared with us, uh, um, Sister Dolores. Um, just thinking while that piece of music was on, would you have any, have any uh, experience of grieving that you yourself would want to share with, with, with our listeners? Yes, well, the usual way in my grief, my grieving, I usually um, grieve through the dual process of grieving, which would be a back and forth, back and forth. You know, I'd be looking at uh, dealing with the loss, and then maybe attending to uh, the day's work or whatever was calling. And also, I I, I like the um, meaning making. Try to make meaning of of maybe how, say, looking at somebody who was dying of cancer, just like my father and my brother, just looking and just trying to make some meaning out of it. And I suppose you know, um, 
in the in the work in in Bethany, then I the meaning I would put to it is that I'd be more it would get me in touch more with the losses around associated with cancer. But there was another another just the latest. Um, I was just struck by grief there last week, and when I was preparing for this program, it was, I was thinking my father. His father was dead when he was born. My grandmother was left with a farm and three other children and a newborn baby. And I just, you know, I just looked at that and how that loss has affected my father and the whole family, my grandmother, and how that too, I suppose, that generational loss is, is kind of really struck me and even brought tears to my eyes. Um, I was grieving for the grandfather I had never met. I suppose, I was, and I was really my own grief. It was grieving. It's my grief that I hadn't, I had lost out on a grandfather. My other grandfather had died also. So, um, yeah, I was so close to my grandmother. And then I, I really felt, I felt the pain that she must have felt as she tried to make a living out of the farm and bring up her children. So that's what I would describe as kind of a generational loss. And there are other losses then that maybe people never talk about. There are some secrets that might appear to when a person dies, and that can be very, very painful. So just to be very tender uh, to that experience and, and be compassionate towards yourself. And Sister Joyce, at this, at this point in time, when we're, we're all going through this COVID times and pandemic times, can you say anything to us about COVID-19 grief? Well, that is a very big factor here. Uh, now, everything has changed. And, and the whole thing, I suppose, it, our grieving, something that takes time, grieving is rushed. But this has been sprung upon us so fast that we just didn't know how to deal with it. And there was huge fear in the beginning. At least I felt that during the first lockdown. And in order to survive it, I really decided I was going to, together with my mentor. I was decided that I would set a routine for the day, some kind of a routine. And I find myself going very much inward and um, taking books off the shelf that I hadn't used before. A lot of them connected with contemplative living and um, the monks of Lago. So and prayer became more important to me in, in, in this. I had more time. I, the diary was, you know, there were things in the diary that didn't that didn't need my attention anymore. So um, that was one way I, I coped with it. But in families, um, people lost their jobs. They, apart from the, the grief, the sickness and everything, people lost their jobs. They That caused different uh, dynamic in the family when people were around all day, every day. Um, children were home from school and they had to be dealt with and taught. Huge losses. So we saw shops closed and businesses gone. Um, I suppose one of the things, because I'm in this this um, area of uh, befriending people during grief time, I decided, I, I know a lot of people couldn't look at the screens when the two programs about the the situation in St. James's Hospital were relayed, and they couldn't bear to look at it, but I felt I just needed to look at it just to experience the loss and the grief 
of people dying uh, without their families being present. And not only that, people were buried without their families. So in order to do that, to be there for people who, who have had these COVID losses, um, it was good for me to do that. We're all feeling that grief and that sadness. It's, and we call it just kind of a collective grief. It's um, that we're all, you know, we're reminding ourselves and we're in a kind of an emergency mode and we're just minding ourselves. And we're, we're as we have to remember, to wear our masks and as we go shopping. There's a loss of freedom. We can't do the things we liked doing before COVID loss. And also there's the whole area of the loss of good health, loss of smell, the loss of energy. We have heard it so many times on about it, but um so the huge losses, huge, many more more, many more losses that I, you know, other than I have talked about. And also I just want in that area then um, when tragic losses come to an area, um, we have we have been in touch with our TV screens, and maybe we're not living too far from where a tragic uh, incident happened, and that too puts people into a kind of a a collective grief mode, and people are shocked. They don't know what to say. There there is a, a sadness, a depression something that just can't be described. And I suppose COVID-19 then has that effect as well. We're going around and we're, you know, even though we can, and we connect, I suppose the good thing about it is we connect with a lot of people that maybe we didn't connect with before. But um, yeah, it's endless really. There are lots of good things that happened, of course, during COVID, but um, we leave that aside now for today. As I know, John, we'll have to mind our time. So, I suppose finally, Sister Dolores, um, can you talk to us about making choices around losses? Yes, I suppose one of the things I was doing during lockdown too, I was reading two books. One was The Choice by Edith Eager, and the other was Victor Franklin's uh, Man's Search for Meaning. And um, people wondered how I could stay with those books, um, especially with Edith Eager, as she would. She wrote about her experience of the Holocaust and, and in, in Auschwitz. But now she has made a choice. She has another book written, and the name of the book is The Choice. And it's what she's doing with her experiences. She's, she has chosen to, to be um, a psychiatrist, and she's helping others out of the losses. So I suppose coming from the experience of it all, she has so much to give. And uh, yeah. Rather than, than let her painful past destroy her, she chose to transform her pain into a powerful gift, one she uses to help others to heal. We can choose what happens to us in life, but we can choose how we respond. And as we're coming near the end, and we'll be listening to a lovely reflection after I, I'm finished, um, I'd just like to say a prayer. and It's, it's our Bethany prayer, a uh, prayer in time of bereavement. And just to say... If you wanted to access that prayer, it's on the Mallow website. Lord, you are close to the brokenhearted. Be with me now in my grief and loneliness. Give me the courage to face my loss and not to grieve in silence. Be with me as I struggle with many different and painful feelings. Ease the heart in my heart. Encircle me in your love. 
Help me to believe that one day I will no longer have this deep sorrow. May I find comfort in sharing my grief with those who understand the strong bonds of love. Stay with me. Lord, support me. Help me to know that your power is at work within me as I deal with my grief. Amen. Thank you so much indeed for, for sharing that prayer and also for sharing that reflection with us. Mr. Dolores, you might be able to, to again, give us some of those contact details again. So first of all, maybe the phone number for your own group, please. 086-391-8751. I think, you, I think you, you also mentioned there was a website. Yes, www.bethany.ie. And you'll get the context of all the groups in Ireland there. And as I mentioned, during COVID times, you can access any one of them. Sister Lois, thanks a lot again for coming in and taking time out to share those thoughts and reflections with us because, as I said earlier, a lot of us maybe would have needed, well, certainly would have needed those, especially in these particular times. So, as we close, you're going to invite us to listen to something. Can you introduce the next piece? That yes, you like uh, just before I introduce it, I want to just thank, thank our listeners for bearing with me because I know it was a very difficult topic and um, I just want to thank you, and it was just lovely being with you. Uh, so now I'm inviting you to listen to a beautiful reflection by Father Miles O'Reilly. He's the spiritual director of our Bethany Greek Bereavement Group, and he's inviting, making, inviting us to choose which way we, we will live with our grief. Of course, we have to be ready to choose and how we want to respond to our losses. Thank you for listening to me again. God bless. When you have shed every tear you can shed, felt every feeling you can feel, raged and mourned and longed and wished it was otherwise, a choice will gradually present itself to you. You can shed tears that your loved one is gone or you can smile because he or she has lived. You can close your eyes and pray that your loved one will come back or you can open your eyes and see all they have left. Your heart can be empty because you can't see them or you can be full of the love you shared. You can turn your back on tomorrow and live yesterday or you can be happy for tomorrow because of yesterday. You can remember them only that they are gone or you can cherish their memory and let it live on. You can cry and close your mind, be empty and turn your back. Or you can do what they want, smile, open your eyes, love and move on. We are not saying that it's going to be easy, 
Nothing can make up for the absence of someone whom you love. And it would be wrong to try and find a substitute. We must simply hold on and see it through. That sounds very hard at first. But at the same time, it is a great consolation. For the gap, as long as it remains unfilled, preserves the bonds between us. It is nonsense to say that God will fill that gap. God doesn't fill it, but on the contrary, keeps it empty and so helps us to keep alive our former communion with each other, even at the cost of pain. We can't choose what happens to us in life, but we can choose how we will respond. Mm -hmm.